Today's scripture reading comes from a selected group of passages from the book of Proverbs. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. There is one who speaks rashly, like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The tongue that heals is a tree of life, but a devious tongue breaks the spirit. A person takes joy in giving an answer and a timely word. How good that is. Anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down, but a good word cheers it up. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. The word of a person's mouth are deep waters, a flowing river, a fountain of wisdom. The tongue of the righteous is pure as silver. The heart of the wicked is of little value. Bright eyes cheer the heart. Good news strengthens the bones. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Aaron, for reading those passages this fall. We are looking at the book of Proverbs together. The book of Proverbs says, the one thing you need to get to flourish in the world, the one thing that you need to get to navigate the craziness and the difficulties of life is wisdom. I know it's on the front cover of the bulletin and popping up on the screen at various places. That's that's the theme of the book of Proverbs. Uh, the theme verse for this series is Proverbs 4-7, which says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Whatever else you get, get understanding. So wi wisdom is not just knowledge, having your mind full of information or facts. It's not just knowledge alone. It's not just knowing what is right, knowing what is good, or knowing what is true. It's knowing how to take those things and put them into practice, to use them in everyday life. And that takes skill. It seems to me that with all the difficulties we are living in and through, with all the division and tension all around us and maybe inside of us, that we need to take Proverbs 4-7 more seriously than ever. Of all the practical things Many, many practical things and topics that are covered in the book of Proverbs. Of all of them, the topic of words is probably the most frequent topic covered in the book of Proverbs. If it's not number one, it's definitely in the top two or three. And that makes sense because what can we do in life that doesn't involve words? What part of our life? doesn't also involve words. It's a part of almost everything we do, right? Work, a lot of words there, family, friends, all of our relationships, all of our leisure, all of our fun. There's words that are a part of it. Words fill our lives. Texts, emails, posts, conversations, ads, TV shows, movies, whatever, it's all full of words. On average, according to one count, we speak 7,000 words a day. 
you know, maybe yours is a little more or less. 7,000 is a lot. And then add that into the words that we type and text even more. Not just the words we speak, but we encounter all kinds of words every day coming at us. And in our internet information age, we probably encounter more words than anybody has ever in human history. One article tried to estimate it. If we see 200 websites a day, I don't know if that's more or less than you see, we would encounter 490,000 words. And this article said, War and Peace. I have not read War and Peace. It's that giant, huge book that if you've read it, you seem really smart. Uh, but I know it's a good book. It's 460,000 words. So that's like war and peace level of words every single day. Proverbs uses the words tongue and the word lips as a way to uh, talk about the words that we speak. And if you think about it, what is a word? All it is at its most basic form is just your tongue moving and your lips moving. <laughs> it's just breath and air coming out and your tongue and your lips make it into a specific sound. <laughs> but we all know words are not just manipulated air going out into the wind. Our words carry meaning. And in a very real sense, our words carry ourselves when we speak. Words are how we connect with each other. And by our words and our language, in that way we image God. God created the universe with words, Genesis 1-3 says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke the universe into existence. And in John 1-1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God exists in relationship, and the best word for that is word, according to the gospel writer John. God creates, God relates through his word, so do we. Because of all this, one of the most important pieces of wisdom is knowing how to use our words. And so for this morning, if you want to follow along in the outline, you can open up your bulletin. Two points, how we talk to people and how God talks to us. This is connected to last week's message about how to repair relationships. Obviously, to repair a relationship, to have a relationship, you need to have words. And next week, we're going to talk about how we talk about people. This morning's focus will be on how do we talk to people. So first, how do we talk to people? Proverbs teaches us to recognize, to feel, to understand the power of our words, the power of our words. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's something we can take literally. Words can lead to violence inflame anger and cause war and murder. So there's a literal sense there. 
Words can lead to great injustice. The words that we speak and use to talk about groups of people can be used to oppress, can lead to genocide or racism. Life or death is at stake. Or words can resolve conflict. Words can bring peace. Words can give dignity and protect life. Proverbs wants to drive this home. Our words, the things that come out of our mouth, it's a matter of life and death. Uh, Bruce Walkey, a great scholar of the book of Proverbs, one of my professors says, this is not just referencing physical, literal death, but also relational death, relational life and death. The deadly tongue destroys community and relationships and its owner. But the life-giving tongue creates community and blesses its owner. To be wise is to know that the power of life and death are in the power of the tongue. It was the word of God that spoke life and all that is good into being. That is the power to bring good blessing and life. But it was the word of the serpent in the garden, the devil, whose lies spoke curse and evil into the world, death. The second half of that proverb says, those who love it will eat its fruit. It's like, what, what is that talking about? I, I think what it's saying is, you will eat the fruit of your tongue. It's kind of a weird thing to say. But your life, in many respects, will be the fruit of the words that you speak. There's great power there. Proverbs 20, 15 says, there is gold and a multitude of jewels, but knowledgeable lips are a rare treasure. Knowledgeable lips. I think that's Proverbs' way of saying how to talk to people, the wisdom in knowing how to talk to people. That's somebody with knowledgeable lips. The one who uses the power of words wisely is a rare treasure. If you find a rare treasure in your life, some valuable rare treasure, a lost piece of art or something like that, you could be nobody in the world, and all of a sudden you are a powerhouse. People want to talk to you. They want to interview you. They want to put you on their website. People want to be your friend. You have money. You have wealth. You have influence. Proverbs says, when you know how to talk to people, you have more power than that. It's trying to drive home this point. As much as we pursue our education to get good grades, to go to college, to pick the right major, to have a good career, to have our resume look really good, to climb whatever ladder we need to climb and earn wealth. Proverbs said, says to us, you should pursue the wisdom of how to talk to people with more vigor, with more energy and determination than that. It's of greater value and worth. Winning the lottery is nothing compared to learning the wisdom of how to talk to people. And this is not just for counselors or therapists or pastors or whoever talks to people for a living. This is for every person. This is for every Christian. We are told here, you have the power of life and death in your tongue. How are you using that power? This is a completely overused Illustration, but I can't help it. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, right? With great power comes great responsibility. That applies to the power of the tongue, and everyone here 
who has a tongue. This applies to you. This is why in the New Testament, in the book of James, James says in chapter 1, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. James is saying, if your tongue has power over you and not you it, then you need to ask yourself the hard question of whether you are a Christian at all. Understanding and rightly using the power of our words, James is saying is at the very heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. There's great power in the tongue. And with this power comes great peril. That's the second fill in the blank there on the outline. When we talk to people, there's great peril. If you've read the Harry Potter books, you know about the Weasley clock. The Weasley clock is this clock that tells the mom in the family what's going on with every member of the family, right? And there's that one spot on the clock that says mortal peril. When one of the family members is in mortal peril, the clock indicates that. And Proverbs says, whenever you open your mouth, there's a little dial going on that we should be aware of that says, mortal peril, beware. And if you're not convinced, well, let me just illustrate it like this. Right now, in this moment, if I said the wrong words, just two or three wrong words, I could get fired. <laughs> if they were really the wrong words, as some of our deacons would jump up here and tackle me and take me out the door and say, that's enough. Try not to use your imagination about what those words would be. And saying that, I know you are imagining that. If they were really the wrong words, I would never be hired as a pastor again. And then I would lose my livelihood and my whole family would be affected. And who knows what I would do. All because I spoke two or three or four words or a sentence. That's the power of one use of the tongue. It's the same for you at your work and in your relationships. The wrong word spoken to a spouse or a child or a family member has the power to strain and break a relationship. Not beyond repair, as we talked about last week. That's great power, great peril. And wisdom understands the peril of talking to people and so uses great care and caution with our words. So I'm going to put a few, I have a few verses from Proverbs to put up on the screen. Proverbs 10, 19. When there are many words, sin is unavoidable, but the one who controls his lips is prudent. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. Whoever guards his mouth, Proverbs 13, 3, preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Now, just looking at those three Proverbs together, you take them together, it says sin and ruin and death come about as a result of the words that we speak. Proverbs 10, 19, with so many words, if, if you just can't help yourself, words are just flowing out, there is much peril. Sin, it says, is unavoidable. Proverbs 10, 
21 makes a contrast, says that the talk of the righteous can feed and nourish others and grow life, but fools die because they don't know how to talk to people. That's what lack sense means there in the parallelism. They don't know how to use their lips. They bring about their own death. Proverbs 13.3 says, to speak without care and thought and restraint, it leads to ruin, and that ruin is a holistic ruin, all around relational, vocational, economic, spiritual, psychological. That is the picture that Proverbs is painting. Let's pause here for a moment of application. In our culture, in the political climate we live in, we have come to a place where it seems to me where people of all kinds of viewpoints, more than I can remember, feel like it's time to just speak my mind. You know what? I'm just going to have to be honest, say what I think. I don't care what you think. Forget all that PC stuff. It's okay. So words that demean and disrespect and insult people are all around us. And maybe, I don't know, it seems like, are we okay with that? Proverbs says this kind of talk leads a person and a community into death and ruin and sin. So, my Christian friends, here's the application for us. We cannot take that kind of talk into our lives. We cannot let that kind of talk shape us. We cannot applaud that kind of talk when we hear it in people, whether they are just acquaintances or leaders in our culture. And we cannot tolerate it in our own lives. This applies to the words that we speak that come out of our mouths. This applies to the posts that we make, the posts that we share, and yes, even to the comments section, even if you're anonymous there. Proverbs says, this ruins us. This ruins community. And Proverbs gives us the key insight into why. Why? Why is it that how we talk carries so much peril? Proverbs 12, 18, it's in the bulletin and we'll put it up on the screen. There is one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. This is saying that this image of a piercing sword, words get inside of us. Like a sword, they have power to pierce us in our innermost self and get in there, into our soul and leave a lasting and indelible mark. We can say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me, but we all know it's not true. Sticks and stones hurt the outside of us, but words get inside. Words spoken to us. For many of us, maybe all of us here, we could share this with each other. There are words that have been spoken to us that have left scars on the inside. Words of a parent, words of someone we greatly respected and loved, words of a friend. That stays with us. At a previous church where I served, uh, we did a big survey one time. We got the results of the survey, and a lot of it was so positive and great. It's like, yeah, this is great. This feels good. Like, 
people, people are encouraged, and there's a lot of positive stuff. And there was this one comment that came in that wasn't directly about me, but indirectly about me. And when I read that comment by that person, it just felt like everything that I had done, everything in the ministry there at that church was invalidated and was worthless. And I'm sharing that because I still, I still remember that comment. I don't remember any of the other good stuff that was said, but that comment has stayed with me. It got inside. It pierced. And I know that for many of you, and I think probably for all of us, there's words inside of us that have pierced, that are there, that is so hard for us to forget. There's words spoken to us that we're living out all of our energy to prove it wrong. Somebody said something about us, and we are living our life to prove that person wrong. Or there are words spoken about us, and we are spending our whole lives to live up to it, to be what those words say that we should be. Or there are words just unspoken. I've talked to many people who have told me that a parent, often it's a father, never said the words, I love you, to them. It's a great tragedy. And it gets on the inside like a sword. So words, there's great peril with our words. But Proverbs doesn't just leave it at that. It also gives us the flip side, the potential of our words, the third fill in the blank. When we talk to people, yes, it can be mortal peril, but Proverbs says there is great potential for good. Great, phenomenal good can come from our words. And here's how Proverbs says it, 15.4. The tongue that heals is a tree of life, but a devious tongue breaks the spirit tree of life. Only three books in the Bible mention the phrase tree of life. Genesis, Revelation, and Proverbs. That was fascinating to me when I was studying that this week. The tree of life in Genesis is the symbol and the source of life and blessing. It's how God said, I am going to give you the life that I created you to live, eat, and enjoy. So the tree of life is a symbol of goodness, blessing, connection with God and others. In Revelation, we see that in the new creation, the tree of life is there in its back. All that blessing, all that connection, all that joy that we were created and intended to experience is there in the new creation. So the tree of life is at the beginning and the end of the Bible. What about in the middle now? Are we just banned from the tree of life? We have to wait till the new creation to experience it? Well, in its fullness, the fullness of blessing, connection, and joy, we do have to wait till the new creation. But Proverbs says there's a way we can taste it now. And there's a way that we can give other people a taste of that now. A taste of the goodness of creation, the restoration of blessing and joy. And how is that? By our words. The tongue can give people a taste of life as God has intended it to be, by how we talk to people. Yes, words can get inside of us, and they can harm us, wound us, and break us. They can break our spirit, as 
Proverbs 15.4 says, but words can also get inside and give life and give healing. So, having heard everything Proverbs said about the mortal peril of words, we could say, maybe it's better that I just shut up. I don't want to damage people. I don't want to pierce somebody with a sword word. And Proverbs says, no. That is not an option because there's great power in your words. There's really no neutral place to be. The people that God has placed into our lives and our families and our workplaces and our neighborhoods, our words impact them one way or the other. And Proverbs says, just look at the potential when we speak life, we speak good into people's souls. Three more Proverbs I want to share. Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Proverbs 10, 11, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down, but a good word cheers it up. Proverbs 12, 25, about anxieties. This is not a magical cure for clinical anxiety being offered here, but for the normal and sometimes very heavy anxiety that we carry around with us that weighs us down in life with all the worries, Proverbs says a good word can get inside that anxiety in another person and just help lift it. It's powerful. With all the anxiety we're living with, anxiety by many accounts at an all-time high, Proverbs says there's something that can help the power of a good word. Proverbs 16.24 says, what we say, it can get inside somebody's soul and be like sweetness and healing. It can get inside and give inner strength to people. And so one of the most powerful sources of good we have, that everyone has, is a word of blessing. I remember the first time that uh, somebody I greatly respected heard me give a, a message, a sermon, and they were out there in the audience, and I was like, oh no, they're here. You know, so, so nervous to see them out there, and I remember preaching, and and, you know, it passed. But the next day, uh, this person who was a pastor, he took the time to call me. He said, I, I heard you preach. And he gave me very, very specific encouragement. And just like I remember those critical words on that survey, I remember that. And I'll always remember that. In a similar way, when I receive a card, some of you have written me a card recently. And I keep that card and I put it in my office, and I read it, and I read it again, because it gets inside, and it strengthens me, it encourages me, it blesses me. And I think just as we could all share stories of words that have wounded us, most of us, hopefully all of us, have stories of words that we carry with us, that strengthen us, that are in there, that are deep inside of our souls. Proverbs says you have that power to bless. You have the power to bless somebody on their innermost self. Uh, in our family, we heard this practice uh, that another family had adopted in their home about words of blessing. 
And they said, well, it's our goal. Sometimes we don't always do it, but we try our hardest that the last word that we speak to our kids is a word of blessing. So that no matter what words were spoken that day, no matter what kind of day it was, that the very last word they hear is a word of blessing. That is powerful. Because of the amazing potential for good that can come just with a good word or knowing how to talk to people, the follower of Jesus will devote him or herself to learning this wisdom. And I'm going to run through these really quickly. You could spend a whole other message on these, but I just want to share these points from the book of Proverbs as well. Proverbs says, we should grow in learning what to say to people. Proverbs 10.32, the lips of the righteous know what is appropriate, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. So we learn people. Some words mean more to people than others. Those people close to our lives, we learn the good words that encourage them, that get inside. We learn what words to say. Not just what we say. We learn when to say it. Proverbs 15.23 says, A person takes joy in giving an answer. A timely word. How good that is. We learn when people need to hear a good word. Proverbs 18.13, I don't think that's up on the screen, but it says, The one who gives an answer before he listens, this is foolishness and disgrace for him. So if you're formulating your responses in your head, if you're thinking about, oh, I'm already going to say what I'm going to say without listening, Proverbs says that's not when we speak. We speak after we listen. Don't be hasty. What to say, when we say it, and how we say it. Gently and graciously, Proverbs says, Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. It could be the exact same words that you speak to someone, but how you speak it determines whether it's a piercing sword or a healing tree of life. So if you're someone who says, just listen to my words, don't listen to my tone, you are a fool. And I can say that because I've had to learn that myself. It's what you say. It's when you say it. It's how you say it. And lastly, it's, it's why you say it. There's a, uh, a quote here from uh, Larry Crabb in the bulletin. I thought this was very profound. I think it captures the heart of many Proverbs, but he says this, never speak hard words and we should speak hard and honest words to people, as we've been talking about last week as well, to someone unless your love for that person has formed a vision for who that person could become, a vision that generates tender feelings for the other. And never speak hard words if you discern that you are demanding a change in another for your own sake. Wisdom. What to say. Having the right words. When to say it. The right timing how you say it, gentle and graciously, and why you say it. All that combined together is what Proverbs says 
is at the essence of the wisdom on, on how to talk to people. And now the point of sharing all that is not to paralyze you so that you have to go through a mental checklist like what, when, why, how, before you ever open your mouth. The point of looking at all these Proverbs together is that a wise person who wants their words to give life will grow in all of these things. So Proverbs has a lot to say about how we talk to people. I'll probably just scratch the surface right there. But here's the final point that I want us to consider. Where do our words come from? Where do we get the right words to speak to people so that our words don't damage, so that our words don't break down community and bring ruin to ourselves? Instead, they bring blessing, and they're sweet, and they're timely, and they're gracious. Proverbs 16, 23, I have these two Proverbs as well, and 10, 20. The heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. It adds learning to his speech. Proverbs 10.20, the tongue of the righteous is pure silver. The heart of the wicked is of little value. Where do our words come from? Sometimes we wonder that ourselves, right? We say words and they come out of our mouth and we're like, wow, where did that come from? That is not at all what I was trying to say. These Proverbs tell us words come from the heart. The heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. The tongue of the righteous contrasted with the heart of the wicked. The source of our words is our heart. The heart in the Bible is the core of our being. It's the essence of who we are. It's where our volition, our emotion, and our intellect all meet. It's, it's our soul. It's the center of our being. Jesus was probably thinking of these Proverbs when he said, and we read this earlier, the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Matthew 12, a good person produces good things, good words from his store room of good. An evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. Jesus is saying the heart is like a storeroom. It's stored up with stuff. And whatever comes out of your mouth is an indicator of what's filling your storeroom in your heart. So if you have problems with biting and harsh and stabbing words, if your words hurt others, it's likely there's hurt in your heart, likely wounds in your heart from words spoken or unspoken to you. If you struggle to speak encouragement to others and blessing to others, it's likely there's discouragement in your storehouse. If you're too afraid and you hold back your words, there's insecurity and there's fear in your storehouse. If you're impatient and hasty with your words, it's likely you have anxiety and impatience in the storehouse of your heart. And the Bible teaches us to the question of, well, what do I do? How do I get my storehouse filled with the right stuff? The Bible says we cannot create a storehouse of good words, of gentle, kind, appropriate, healing, life-giving words in our hearts on our own, not just from our own self-talk. To try to say all these kind of good words about ourselves and fill our storeroom with that kind of self-talk. We need words to come from the outside of us to fill us. And in this way, the Bible says it all comes down to this. How does God talk to you? 
How does God talk to us? Are you hearing what he's saying to you? Let me illustrate it like this. For parents, for moms, if the greatest mom that you've ever met, you think she's stellar and amazing, if she says, you know what, I've seen you at work parenting, you are an incredible mom. You are one of the best moms I've ever seen. If you're a dad and the most incredible dad you know, said, I've seen you with your kids, I've seen what you do as a dad, you are an amazing dad. You are one of the best dads I've ever seen. If the most widely respected, successful person in your field as a teacher or engineer or doctor or whatever your field is says, I have seen you at work. What you do is incredible. I've never seen anyone like you. You are amazing. If you're an athlete, if you play baseball and Mike Trout came to your game and said, dude, you're the next me. <laughs> or if you are a cellist, maybe we have some cellists here, right? And Yo-Yo Ma showed up to your performance and was like, you are the next me. You are incredible the way you play the cello. I've never seen anything like it. If those people said those things to you, no matter what anyone else said to you, yeah, it would hurt if somebody said, yeah, you're not that good of a baseball player, you're not that great of a parent, whatever. No matter what else was said to you, you would be able to push that out of the storeroom of your heart and say, well, Mike Trout said it, the best dad said it, the best doctor ever said it, the best teacher said this about me. And that would fill up the storeroom of your heart. How much more the God of the universe who knows all things, if he says to you, this is who you are. The message of Christianity is God has spoken to us in a way that can fill up the storeroom of our hearts with grace and goodness and sweetness and love such that it can come out of our mouths in the way that we speak to other people. How does God talk to us? The word became flesh and dwelt among us, John says. Hebrews 1 says, in many ways God has spoken to us, yes, in the past in his word, in different times, in different ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. What is God saying to us in Jesus Christ? Yes, there are many hard things God has to say to us in his word, but in Jesus Christ, what is he saying? How about John 3.17? That doesn't get on the signs. John 3.16 is there. It says this, God did not send his son to condemn the world. God did not send his son to tell the world you are condemned. He sent his son to tell the world you are so loved. The Word became flesh so He could take on our flesh, die in our place, so these words would fill our hearts. You matter. Your life matters such that I will give my life for yours. So that in your heart can be the words that Jesus says, this is the storeroom of my heart. 
I know the Father says to me, you are my beloved son or daughter. In you, I am well pleased. The gospel is, when we hear that, when we receive that, when we trust and believe that this is what God is saying to us in Jesus Christ, it has the power to fill up the storeroom of our hearts and to come out in the words that we speak to other people. Let's ask the Lord to fill us up. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, you've given us the power of words. And we all carry with it and with us experiences of hurt and blessing because of words we have spoken and words spoken to us. I pray right now, especially in our time, when there are many hurtful words, demeaning and shaming words that are spoken, that are written, that are broadcast all over the place, that you would help us walk the way of wisdom, that you would help us learn to be people who speak so that our mouths bring healing like a tree of life to the people we love, to our neighbors, to people who don't know you, to people who believe different than us and live different than us. Would you give us the grace? We know it can only happen when the storeroom of our hearts is filled with your voice and your word. Fill us up with the word of your grace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.